Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I first want to apologize because I did not take the time to properly put all the information out like I normally do as it relates to today's show and today's topic. Now, Tuesday, as you know, is normally when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch where you would would receive biblical teaching from someone in ministry, as well as myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed therapist. But today, we're going to do a combination of both. So I'm going to take it from a biblical perspective, as well as a therapeutic issue, and a life skill. And I want to say, and I know I waited to the last minute, so if you want to join in on a conversation, please do, because this is a topic that I really want to hear your thoughts. As I was doing, um, I was talking to a few women a couple of days ago, and in my conversation, I asked them about taking responsibility. And in my quest with speaking with them, I learned that when it comes to taking responsibilities, a lot of individuals struggle with owning their own stuff for a lot of different reason. Now, whatever the reason may be, that's your reason. I used to say it's not an excuse, it's an explanation. But have you gotten to the point to where you're tired? Or I want to say you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of hearing people say, I'm sorry, I apologize, I didn't mean to do it, I won't do it again, but only to learn that they don't even realize what they did. They don't even know how what they may have said or done may have impacted another. So when we talk about taking responsibilities, what do that mean to you? That's what I want to know. Now, to join in on the conversation, give me a call at 516-719-14. Now, I I contacted Auntie Lynn yesterday, and I let her know what the topic was going to be, so hopefully she will call in. So I might have to give her a call just to remind her because, you know, she say, I hate that I missed the show and da 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 And I'm like, really? <laughs> so I'm going to um, – she's the only person that I did let know what the topic was for today. So let me give her a call just to see if she's going to be able to join us. Because I want to know your perspective in regards to that. I'm going to send her a text message because, you know, a lot of times I hear individuals say, you know, Jeanette, I like the topic. I want to join the show. All you have to do is call in. So let me text her the number, 516-387-1914. And if you are watching me on Facebook, you can also just ask me for you to join in. And I will allow that because I don't like talking by myself, especially when I haven't had no breakfast, nothing to eat. That is not fun. So I'm kind of putting this information out at the same time as I'm doing this because, again, like I said, I waited to the last minute and I need to stop doing that. And I'm going to take responsibilities for that because I know I'll be apologizing every week. 
charge it to my brain, not to my heart. But I, yeah, I did that. I did it. And I admit it. I was wrong for that. And I need to do better. I know I do. Now, when we're talking about taking responsibility and what do that mean? And when we talk about not only taking responsibilities, but being responsible, how, how do you become responsible? So I'm just going to give you the layman's term in regard to that. Give me one second. Okay, because when we start talking about being responsible and being a responsible person. Now, being responsible or responsibility, being responsible means being dependable, keeping promises, honoring our commitments. It is accepting consequences. And it's interesting how when we talk about consequences, because when one don't accept responsibility, there will be consequences. Now, it also means developing our potential. Individuals who are responsible, they don't make excuses for their actions or blame others when things go wrong. Now, that right there is key because that was something that kind of got me when I was speaking with these women because I'm going to go back to blaming others, making excuses, or when things go wrong. It's somebody else's fault. And I was like, wow. This is something that we try to teach our children. We want our children to learn how to be responsible. But yet, we don't realize it is a life skill that we can use throughout our lifetime because it's very important, especially in relationships. So I'm going to give you some information why being responsible is important. And I'm getting this just straight off the internet, and it indicates that each step we take towards being responsible and becoming productive helps to raise our self-esteem and our relationships with our friends, our families, our coworkers, and tenfold. Being responsible pays a big dividend. And part of the big dividend is because people can trust you. They can trust your word. They know that they can depend on you when times get hard. So there are some benefits of being, as I'm looking at this article, and it's by the Oasis Movement, and they talk about the benefits of being responsible, and they indicate that they believe that being responsible means doing what needs to be done. When it needs to be done, it means setting priorities and taking actions on them. When we are responsible, we don't postpone a task because it makes us uncomfortable or it is something we really don't want to do. We live up to our promises we make, not just to others, but to ourselves as well. And being responsible also means we learn to manage our time in order to accomplish our goals, but at the same time, we don't take on too much that we become overwhelmed. That is key. So I'm like, ooh, Janet, you ain't that responsible because you don't be doing all of that, and I admit that I don't. We don't take on too much. Now, if we overextend ourselves, it can be a problem because it is not healthy. A lot of times individuals have a hard time saying no, or they have a hard time balancing life, home, work, their spiritual 
spirituality because they're taking on too many roles. We've got to be more responsible with our lives. Now, as I'm looking at this information, and a lot of times individuals, they do a lot of self-help stuff or, you know, because we say, well, I'm a responsible person. And a lot of times we say I'm a responsible person because we say we got a job, we pay our bills, we do this, we do that. But how do you describe a responsible person? Now, they use some words like accountable, amenable, answerable, liable. With all these words, subject to being held to account, responsible implies holding a specific office, duty, or trust. Now, there's a lot of irresponsible individuals out there. When I look at our leadership, when I look at our, not just leadership, because leadership can be leadership in the home, leadership in the church, leadership in our government, leadership in no matter what it is, whether it's even, even it's within our community. Individuals are getting in trouble because they're not being responsible for their actions. Now, I'm also looking at something that says, what is a responsible attitude? I'm like, wow. Now, they talk about what a responsible attitude is being able to make rational decisions without supervision or accountable for one's own action. So you've got to have attitude of knowing that I'm going to take care of what I need to take care of. Now, they look at what are five responsible behaviors. Responsible behaviors is made up into five essential elements, honesty, compassion, respect, fairness, accountability, and courage. doesn't mean being perfect. So I'm going to repeat that again. Honesty, compassion, respect, fairness, accountability, and courage. So being responsible means making the right, making the right choices, because we all have a choice. We all have a choice. Now, I'm looking at some ways of being responsible, because when we're teaching individuals how to be responsible, and even though today's show I talked about taking responsibility, which some may view as two different things, so I'm going to go into taking responsibilities and why it is important to take responsibilities. Because a lot of times individuals say, well, why should I? I don't want to take responsibility for that. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. So let me give you some information as it goes into taking responsibilities for the role you played. When you learn to, and I'm giving you some examples of taking responsibilities for your actions, you recognize your own and you own up to the part of what is occurring, meaning if you've done something that was hurtful to someone, you're willing to explain how your communication may have been damaging, you don't blame others when it's your fault. You don't make excuses as to why things are happening. A lot of times, and what I learned was, individuals struggle with taking responsibility. And I know it's easier to say so-and-so did this. And Flip Wilson used to say the devil made me do it. Or we want to blame our parents or we want to say our kids, we want to our work. 
we could come up with, my mother used to say excuses are like buttholes, everybody have one. They do. Now, when we're talking about taking responsibilities for your actions and what does it mean, a lot of times we want to punish individuals. We want to hold people accountable. And I heard a person say, well, they don't take responsibility. Nobody ever holds them accountable. You can't hold them accountable either. Now, I'm looking at an article, and it talks about what does it mean to take responsibility for your action. Taking responsibility for your action requires the realization that you play. Some individuals don't know, what did I do? How did I impact your decision? What did, to what degree did I have in your life? The outcome and the consequences. You may have heard it referred to as accountability. It means that your first reaction when a mistake is made or a conflict arises, don't blame nobody else. Don't blame it. Blame it on it. Don't find excuses. And this one is really big. I know a lot of people that do this. Twist the fact. My mother used to say either you convince them or you confuse them. But twisting the fact. Or they just flat out lie. Now the problem is, in order to take responsibilities, you swiftly acknowledge that there's a problem, you identify your role in it, and you implement an action plan to minimize or eliminate it entirely of the chances of it happening again. That's why I always, when I do my groups and I teach clients about I'm sorry, don't say you're sorry if you don't know what you did. Don't, don't, don't do that because people get so sick of hearing I'm sorry. But if you did something or you don't know or someone told you, you can apologize by saying I apologize if what I said or if I've done something to offend you because it wasn't my intention. Now, if you know what you did and you did it on purpose and you want to apologize, you can say, I apologize as I'm aware of how what I've done, I see how it is impacting you. And that's, that's sincere and that's acceptable. Now, I'm going to give you some um, information or examples as it relates to taking responsibilities for your action. Now, someone wrote this in Forbes magazine, and they indicated that someone who takes responsibility for their action is an accountable individual. And this is what they look like or what it looks like even on the job. You recognize and you own it to your part. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the news now, and I know that right now many individuals are afraid to vote. But it's our responsibility to say something, do something, vote. Herschel Walker was saying, I didn't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. But the problem was, they started putting proof out there. And when they put the proof out there, he didn't know what to do. So then it was, yeah, I may have wrote the check, but I didn't the check before. I always give people money. I'm like, really? Are you twisting the words? Are you twisting the facts? So I know that it's hard to believe politicians, and, you know, and that kind of makes individuals don't want to vote or don't want to participate. But we still have to do our part. So you recognize and you own up to your part of what's occurring. 
if your message is hurtful to someone, you are willing to examine how your communication may be damaging. You don't blame others when you're at fault. A lot of times individuals want to just say, you did this. It's your fault. But that doesn't mean that it's going to make matters worse. <laughs> Let me tell him to call in. He talking about send him the link. Let me see, 516. Now, if you want to join in on a conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. And like I said, I apologize because I got the information, and I put the information out at the last minute, and I did not send everybody the link or send them the information. And I don't want to be making phone calls, so I just tell him to call in because I want to hear what he got to say. Another thing is you don't make excuses for why things are happening. A lot of times individuals love to make excuses to justify why they are doing what they're doing, why this is happening, it's not my fault, da 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 Don't do that. Another thing is you don't pawn off the responsibilities onto other people. And if you continually miss deadlines or appointments or whatever the case may be, don't pretend that it was out of your control. So those are just some of the things that they indicated. Now, I'm looking at something, and it says that what makes someone take responsibility for their actions? Because sometimes people are forced to take responsibility. Okay, he's calling in, so this is going to be fun. Hello, how are you doing? You I'm the fine with you. I'm okay, that is great. You know what? I put the show out late, taking responsibility, and I have to realize sometimes I could be very irresponsible, very irresponsible because I procrastinate, I wait to the last minute, I, but I, I try to follow through. I do my best. But when we talk about taking responsibility, what does that mean to you? Sometimes it just takes self-examination in order for you to really realize what you're responsible for. Just looking okay. at things in life, period. Correct. And a lot of times individuals don't realize the importance of taking responsibility for your action because as parents, parents try to discipline their children and we were taught that discipline was supposed to be about punishment, but discipline was actually for self-discipline. And we thought we were teaching our kids to be responsible or holding them accountable, but we would only do it when they got in trouble. We didn't acknowledge when they were doing something good, only when they were doing something bad, and that became a learned behavior. So then they thought, Like, well, if I'm responsible for this, it's like a chore. Most kids are responsible for their chores. And when the chores wasn't done, then the parent wants to get up, say something, scream, holler, yell. But when individuals started seeing that they weren't being rewarded or acknowledged for the things that they did do because they were supposed to do it, I think it kind of started giving people mixed messages. Now, when we talk about even, what was you going to say? I say it's, uh, people receive a lot of mixed messages, and I think the mixed messages are starting from childhood. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, sometimes the child looks for a reward 
when they done did something bad, and, and that's a mixed message within itself. So if if that person grows up experiencing that and still going through that, it's it's a it's really a learned behavior. They say that self they say that self preservation is the best teacher in 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 world in life. Even mm-hmm. though you be taught by people, self preservation is still the best teacher because it's based on experience. Mm-hmm. And you take your experiences to learn from. Person don't learn from their own experience. <laughs> I mean, that's something to be looked upon. Got you. But the because, thing is this. Okay. Go ahead. No, I want to say this. But taking responsibility is also a life skill. It's a skill. And a lot of times we don't learn how to master that skill because we know life can be stressful. It can be unpredictable. Sometimes it can be easy. Sometimes it can be difficult. But when we start talking about taking responsibilities for the action that we play in it, sometimes that can be confusing because that's because accepting responsibilities for our action is hard. It's complicated because sometimes we don't see it. And it's often common to avoid responsibilities for short-term relief from negative emotions, but the long-term consequences can be significant because when we don't take responsibilities, we're going to see some type of a consequence. And that was what we learned as a child, but I don't think that our parents really knew, and I all, really knew how to explain that. And then when you take it into a relationship and we talk about taking responsibilities, many individuals thought of it as the role, the role of a husband, the role of a wife, the role of a male, the role of a female. And because of your role, you felt as if you was responsible for this or you was going to be held accountable for that. That wasn't necessarily a good way of going about it. Okay. Good point. Just say, okay, like you say, role. Okay. Women from little girls grew up being taught as princesses from their fathers. So their Mm -hmm. fathers were putting them in a role to where they made them feel like, okay, you you special. But when it came to a man, Pops never sat down and taught us a role. With a lot of us men seeing the role that our fathers played and mimicked them. Mm-hmm. Because we were never corrected. We were never really corrected, which goes into a learned behavior, which goes into person even even understanding or acknowledging they, that they need to correct certain things about their life. Mm-hmm. And this really is yeah, a learned behavior, how we've been taught. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people have been taught different things in different ways in their household, and when they introduced into a new household, which may even be a relationship, they tend to carry that on. They, think they, they tend to carry that learned behavior on, and it's just something that's been passed down through time, okay? Mm-hmm. When you get to acknowledging these things, that's when a generational curse starts to be broken because you start looking at how, the, how, this, how did it get to where it is, and it begins in the household. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of it begins in the house. If you never seen your parents, if if you never seen your your parents acknowledge their mistakes or even try to correct them, how could you be? How could you become a uh, a child who grew up with these same parents? You gonna you're not gonna know how to do certain things in certain aspects of life. Mm-hmm. My grandmother used to say, "When in Rome, do as Romans." My mother used to say, I pay the cost to be the boss. Parents did not like to admit that they were wrong because they didn't want to look like the weaker vessel. And that didn't mean that. And I always, when I do parenting classes and I work with parents now, I tell them, you have to respect the child like you want the child to respect you. Parents did not respect the child. Because the child has something to say, too. True. Because the child has something to say, too. Now these kids are speaking out, out of control, and parents don't know what to do in a lot of cases, and they can become very frustrated. And you're right. Sometimes the kids do have something to say, so we got to learn how to listen to them and then meet them where they are to try to help them to be able to grow because they learn to take responsibilities not only in the home but also in school. So I always tell kids that the same rules you have at school are the same rules you have at home. But if they don't right. see their parents following through, they don't want to follow through at home. Now, I had an experience over. one day. I had an experience one day. My mom was on the phone talking to a bill collector, and she was lying. And I said, Mom, you told me not to lie. And she said, boy, be quiet. I'm on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, when I grew up later in the game and my granddaughter said that same thing to me, I had to really think about that. What was my mama teaching me at that time? Mm-hmm. She wasn't teaching me I, how to correct the situation. She was teaching me how to get out of a situation. Yeah, I did that one time with Taida. I think Taida was about six, seven years old, and I was on the freeway taking her to, to the Boys and Girls Club, and the highway patrol officer pulled up on the side of me, and she looked at me. I looked at her. She looked at me. I looked at her. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please don't pull me over. And I didn't know the age or the weight of a child being out of a car seat in a booster. So I knew it had to at least be seven or eight years old. And Taida was only six. So what happened was I kept looking at her. She kept looking at me. So I guess I looked kind of suspicious. She pulled me over. And she asked me, how old is a child in the back seat? I said seven. Taina was so afraid because she had had some experience, negative experience with police as a child with her parents, till she closed her eyes and pretended like she was asleep. So I said she was seven. So the, the lady waited, and she said, oh, how old is she again? I said seven. And I knew at seven you were in the second grade. I said she's in the second grade. So the lady let me go. No other questions, but I knew it had to do about her not being in a car seat. When that police officer, that highway patrol lady pulled out, Tina said, Granny, you lied. I said, I didn't lie. You are almost seven. She said, I'm not seven. I'm six. So So when I dropped her off at the Boys and Girls Club, everything was fine. So one day I went to the Boys and Girls Club, and I was looking for my grandbaby, and I couldn't find her because they had an age group from five to six. And the five and six years old, they were out swimming, 
and the seven and eight year olds was playing pool and they doing the big kid stuff, right? So I couldn't find my grandbaby. And I'm frantic, like, where is my grandchild? Nobody knew where she was, and I knew the director of the Boys and Girls Club. So we looking around in every room, we find Taina with the seven year olds. I said, Taina, you're not supposed to be in this group with these kids. She said, I didn't want to be with the little kids. You said I was seven, so if it worked for you, it worked for me too. <laughs> now that's too much right there. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was busted. I was cold busted. Hey, wasn't nothing you could say. She was right. But, hey, she was like, you lied and said I was seven, so I said I was seven too. I didn't, I didn't want to get in the swimming pool. You know, and, and it was the thing is we teach kids these things, and that was lesson learned. Taina said, if it worked for you, it worked for me too. Taina was in there with the big kids. I'm thinking my grandbaby missing, so they telling me that they haven't seen Taina all day. Because Taina went in there and told them people she was seven years old. <laughs> so I want to give you guys some information in regards to 11 ways to start taking responsibility. And it indicates, now that you know how important it is to take responsibility for your action, because we can't just keep doing what we're doing, because we got to do better. When I was talking yeah, to the exactly. people, and I was listening to them, and I talked to them about responsibilities, and they didn't have a clue, and these grown women, I'm like, uh-uh, something needs to be done about this. And because I have a platform, i got to take responsibilities and do something about it. So that's why I chose to talk about this topic. But the one thing they indicate first is stop blaming others. we got to stop that. And it says, for one, it gets boring very quickly. Even people who adore you would get bored of you consistently blaming others for things that was, was in your control. Now, and I'm not saying that just blaming people for things that was within your control but we got to also stop blaming people for things that were not within your control. You know, if you've been abused, if you've been neglected, if you've been in a toxic relationship, if you've had some things that have happened to you, continuing to relive it, it messes up your healing process. So we have to get to the point to where we take our power back by not blaming other people for what has happened to us I say it's like the old saying goes, it's like letting someone rent space in your head for free. And they want it. They didn't move no name, thinking about it, and you're still holding on to it. Secondly, it is exhausting because shifting the blames make you feel sometimes shifty a lot. But we often know that when we're pushing the blame onto someone else, it can leave us feeling sometimes guilty, sometimes drained, feeling that life is unfair, and all of that, but we got to stop blaming other people. What's your take on that, Jerome, with blaming other people? Because sometimes people love to blame, because you know Ryder loves to blame people too, but blaming right. other people. Well, like you said, that's an escape. It's really an escape from reality. Mm-hmm. As long as you can point the finger, when you point the finger at somebody, you got to realize that this four other fingers be being pointed back at you. Mm-hmm. So you have to recognize that. 
And then you have to take it. You got to you got to recognize it, take it, and change it, and use those. Okay, they. This a passage in the Bible to say, "No weapons formed against me shall prosper." Okay, but you could be the one forming your own weapons against your own self, mm-hmm. which would make them weapons even more prosperous than your enemy even trying to formulate a, a, a weapon against you. Mm-hmm. And if you keep that trapped in your head, you find yourself being victimized. You find yourself being a victim of your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because once again, you know, you're hiding mm-hmm. and you're not really facing reality, saying, hey, you know what? I'm pointing the finger, but I played a part in this finger pointing also. Mm-hmm. That is true. The second one, stop making excuses. Just like blaming other people, making excuses allow you to shrink your responsibilities for how the situation has turned out. We know that we like for things sometimes. If things are not in our control, we will say, well, I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. I didn't say I wanted this color or whatever the case may be. But the thing is, we have to stop making excuses. Excuses. A lot of okay. we find excuses. What was you saying? I said we got to stop making excuses. I agree. Mm-hmm. We also have to stop bemoaning your situation. And we talk about bemoaning your situation. We know that sometimes life can suck. We know that things may not always turn out the way we want them to turn out. But, again, everything is that is within your control, be aware of it, because you don't have control over everything. i got this, this thing, I'm looking for it, and I like using this analogy. And um, I talk to my clients about it often, and this kind of brought me to this, I'm looking for it. It talks about two different things. One, I want to talk about the five guarantees. It says, I cannot control what other people choose to think, number one. Number two, I cannot control what other people choose to feel, number three. I cannot control what other people choose to do, nor how they choose to do it, number four. If I attempt to do any of the first three or any combination of the first three, I will feel inadequate, anxious, frustrated, angry, depressed, and out of control. What I do have control over is what I choose to think, what I choose to feel, what I choose to do, and how I choose to react and respond to what other people choose to do and say. Now, a lot of times people say, well, they did this and they did that, and I only, or I was one when I was a teenager, I was full of excuses. Hey, auntie, I see you watching. You want me to bring you in on a video? <laughs> but I was full, I would, I would blame a person and make excuses in a heartbeat for the things that I've done. But I had to stop making excuses and own my stuff. I was another one that was like, I'm a responsible person when it comes to certain things, but taking responsibilities for a lot of stuff, I don't want to take responsibility for that. I didn't want to own that. Now, this is another one. It talks about the seven rules of life. Number one, make peace with your past so it won't screw up your present. A lot of individuals struggle with taking the responsibility to make peace with your past. That's a choice. Number two, what others think of you is none of your business because you are not going to stop other people's opinion of you. 
Number three, time heals almost everything. Give it time. That means almost. Don't be sitting up there, I'm giving it a sign, and you sitting up there looking like, what's that thing, Rip Van Winkle, where you sitting up under the tree and everything and lightning passed you by? Number four, <laughs> don't compare your life to others and don't judge them because you have no idea what their journey is about. Number five, stop thinking too much. It's all right if you don't know the answers. They will come when you least expect it. And number six, no one is in charge of your happiness except you. And number seven, smile because you don't own all the problems in the world. I like that, and I don't know who wrote this because one of them was anonymous, but that is deep. Because sometimes we take on more than we can chew or more than we can bear to we being responsible, and then we start complaining about our situation. we got to stop bemoaning our situation. Jerome, what's your take on that? Now you just put a whole lot out there. I'm trying to absorb it all. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to absorb that. That was a lot. Well, because we talk about and we talk about how life is not fair. Fair is not always equal. Fair is not always just. And everything is not always within our control. But where you do have control, you got to be willing to take it. Sometimes we talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. When we start saying, "Oh, because this happened, because of this, and because of that," and you know, and especially when we hear the black man did, the white man did this, and so and so, and they holding us. Get that. But when you have an opportunity to do better, do better. That's what I mean by right, when we talk about bemoaning. Moaning about your situation is often the same thing as waving a white flag and accepting it as a permanent or insurmountable. Trouble don't last always. Well, moaning, that, that, that can also be just like mourning. Because, okay, when I say mourning, people could be in mourning for years and not even realize it. People could be in situations that put them in a sense of mourning, and they need to just get over it because the the people that you're mourning, just like the problems that you look at in your life, you need to mourn them, get over them, and keep on moving. Because if you stay stuck and stagnating in it, you're going to be like Rip Van Winkle waking up and everybody else can pass you by. You know, <laughs> you God, know, put is... people, mm-hmm. God put people in your life for reasons and for seasons and so on. So just like storms, they come and they go. Mm-hmm. So, hey, hey we, we ain't no better than the, than the plants and the trees. And and God take care of them every year. So mm-hmm. what make us think that he ain't going to take care of us? Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes back to that. And it says you have more power than you realize. A lot of times we don't even realize the power within us. We, we really don't. And we have to, when we start taking responsibilities, when you do your part, God will do the rest. When they say he will never leave you nor forsake you, he will always send you a comforter. He will. You know, I remember when someone told me a while ago, it was a long time ago, and it would be like you're going through a season, 
Like, what does that mean? I don't want anybody. I'm going to no season. I need some money. I got to do this. I got to do that. Da, 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 da. Now, I don't even worry about stuff like that no more. Because I've experienced it. I've been through it. It don't phase me. I, I got a bag of bills I got to open up now. I'm there for two weeks. My hand hurts so bad, I ain't even opened up the envelope. I don't even know what's in it. <laughs> I'm not even worried about it. So another thing when it talks about um, taking responsibilities is follow through on your promises and commitment. Did you say you would do something? If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you can't do it, let somebody know you can't do it. Don't leave people hanging. Don't even leave yourself hanging. Don't make promises to yourself that you know you're not going to follow through on. Now, be someone who is true to their word and whose promises mean something. Now, a lot of times, you know, people have said promises are meant to be broken. We say all these different things. I'm a man of my word. I'm a woman of my word. But we got to be realistic and only say what you'll do. And a lot of times, or what you intend to do, a lot of times we just say things just to be saying it. We need to be more mindful of that because people want to hold you accountable and people may really be dependent on what you said and you knew you weren't going to do it when you said it. Well, that they just becomes that? a part of that person trying to be a people pleaser. Because we got people pleasers in this world that don't even realize that they put things out and it makes other people look forward to what they put out. And then when it's not receive, it's a disappointment on the person who thought they was going to receive it. Well, a people I mean, it's, it's just, and but, but with that being said, it's, it's about communication also. Mm-hmm. Because like, okay, based on my experiences in life, women and men are different. They talk different. They communicate different. They express different. They say things differently. And the, the one that you're dealing with may not even understand your line of communication, and with them not having that type of understanding, they put it, they assume, and they make their own conclusions, which creates, mm-hmm. it creates things. Mm-hmm. It creates attitudes. Mm-hmm. It creates uh, emotions. It creates feelings. And all it takes is a, just a simple conversation to set one straight. Hey, you may have thought this is what I was saying, but based on your questions, now I can further give you better understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's just lining yourself up into a communication gap with where everybody's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this about people, please. A lot of times... And they say biblically, he who pleases everyone pleases no one. A people pleaser is one who puts themselves second because they're doing their best because they feel that if I make this person happy or if I do this for this person in return, this person is going to do blah, 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 blah. They're living in this false hope. This, you know, it kind of goes back to I'm looking for the piece of paper when I wrote down some of the things of the, what you sent me today about that guy. And I was like, Ace, I was like, you know what, that is deep in regards to what he was saying because it made a lot of sense. Because sometimes we live in hope. And we can't just be in Hopeville forever because that other person may not even have the qualities or may not even be capable 
are fulfilling some of the things that we're hoping them to do, and yet we're giving, 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 and that's what happens with being a people pleaser because you're going to be disappointed in the long run, and the person that you're trying to please is not even aware of that. Just like individuals right. that have dependency issues. Now, with a person that have oh, okay, here we go. I found it. I'm going to go back to what I was just saying in regards to what you're talking about with people pleasing. And sometimes with, um, with, with people pleasing, and one of the things that the man said when he said that you could be holding on to Mr. Rome and you're holding on to your hope mate, and I said I need to do a show about that, because many of us have mates that we're hoping is going to turn around. We're hoping that things are going to be better. And so what happens is we become a people pleaser because we're investing into this particular person or situation hoping it's going to get better, and we wind up in, in trouble. And when we're talking about but, these but that's, that's things. That's where communication comes in. That's where communication comes in. Instead of a person fixing it in their mind and having hopes, all they have to do is open up their mouth to the person and say, hey, I'm making my hopes a reality. And if you can't hear me, it ain't no sense in me even entertaining the thought because I expressed it. I hope you wash my car. Well, that's what a person <laughs> will think in their brain when they can just say, hey, can you wash my car today? Thank you. It, 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 it takes that hope away. True, because when you go say, I hope you wash my car, really? I hope you do it. You know, so we just got to be careful. I don't say careful. We just got to be mindful of so many things. We're talking about taking responsibility, and we got to own our own stuff. When we talk about people pleasers or we talk about individuals with codependency issues, you know, where they become codependent. Some people, I remember talking to people in regards to a therapeutic setting, and I will say, well, it appears that you're demonstrating codependency issues. I mean, symptoms. they would get offended. I'm not codependent. I don't need that person. I can live. I'll be like, that's not what I'm saying. Codependency was a term that first started with the alcoholic family meaning the husband is out drunk, can't go to work, the boss called the wife lie and say he's sick, he ain't sick, he's drunk. You know, so we start making excuses, and that's where the codependency came from because what happened is we kind of we do things or we give and expecting something in return. We may not get it, so... Those are some of the things that even as a therapist, a lot of times individuals, when they come to me for marriage counseling or relational issues, codependency is an issue. Narcissistic behavior or personality is another issue, as well as, um, what was the other one we're talking about? Not just codependency, but um, I was just talking about it and I forgot about it just that quick. Oh, people policing. We got a lot of people policing. Because they're doing whatever they got to do to try to save a relationship that they shouldn't even have been in in the first place. And some people will take advantage of your people-pleasing behaviors if they're a taker or not a giver. So we got to get to the point yeah. where we... we I, I agree with you on that. I, I agree with you on that because I've been a witness to that. So I, I agree. Mm-hmm. People will take your kindness. People will take your kindness for a weakness. And in, in, mm-hmm. in reality, it's your major strength. Mm-hmm. It's just your nature. And they don't even realize it. And now you can just mess up your blessing. So 
because you thought you were getting over and you, mm mm-mm, mm-mm. You know, so another thing, and this was the fifth one it talks about is when we talk about taking responsibilities, know what you really want in life. That's huge. A big part of taking responsibilities for your life is knowing what sort of life you wish to lead. You know, there's a lot of individuals that are adults in their 50s and 60s and still don't even know their purpose, don't have no goals, don't know whether they're going forward, sitting down, Hey, my uncle Pat calling. I'm going to have to call you back. I'm going to have to hit you right back. All right. Okay. So when we talk about know what you really want in life, now, sure, that could be hard to figure out at times, but it's a process that you should try to stick with and go through as many times as necessary. If you want to go to the left and you see that that's not taking you where you want to go, you need to stop, sit for a minute, and then go to the right, that's fine. But let it be something that you know you're doing to better yourself. You know, don't keep going down this road and you see this road is leading you to nowhere or this road is leading you to loneliness and heartbreak. So you've got to take responsibilities for that. The next one it talks about is take action. Once you know what you want in life, you can do things that bring you closer to that point. Now, that is huge because sometimes we talk about, you know, what's your plan, plan A, plan B. Sometimes you need a plan B. And I want to say this also in regards to taking responsibilities. Forgive yourself when things go wrong. We will say we will forgive somebody else, but yet we won't even forgive ourselves. Forgive yourself when things go wrong. We know we're not perfect. We're not, we shouldn't be striving to be perfect, but try to be the best you that you could possibly be. Now, it is important that you own up to your mistakes as it is equally important to forgive yourself for them. You know, I saw something a long time ago, and they said a mistake is like, why they like to know a mistake is like a pencil, is because it have an eraser. You can't always erase everything, but you don't have to hold on to it if you forgive yourself. Forgiveness is also a choice. Now, we know no human is infallible, meaning we all go do some things, we all go mess up, we all going to make some mistakes. But how you deal with them emotionally is important. Because sometimes emotionally it can turn into guilt. Emotionally it can turn into a lot of different things that we shouldn't let it turn into. So we got to be mindful of that so that we don't let those things turn into other things. Now, I don't know if you're back or not, Jerome, because it's showing that your phone yeah, is on. Forgiveness. Forgive yourself when things go wrong. What do you think about that in regards to taking responsibility? Because some people struggle with forgiving themselves. Yeah, well, forgiving yourself is, is hard to do. It's That's the hardest thing in life when you know you have done wrong. But that's where the healing starts. When you You have to forgive yourself first. You know, this mm-hmm. to, to me, this has been my hardest year out of 57 years. And I, I realize and recognize that my life has been so hard because I made it. My mama used to say, you make your pillow hard, you're going to lie on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hard. Some people some people just lay in the bed and, and wallow and 
don't even realize and recognize to forgive themselves in order to grow. Mm-hmm. That's where you, okay, that's where maturity comes in because you don't keep repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're and not learning nothing. Responsibility is because a lot of times individuals struggle with responsibility because they keep repeating the same and making the same mistake because they don't realize the role that they play in it because they find it easier to say it was somebody else's fault. I didn't do that. Somebody else's fault. That's Mm -hmm. where self-examination come in, and they got to look at themselves. They got to do like Michael Jackson and be the man in the mirror. In mm-hmm. order for them to see the big picture, because as long mm-hmm. as they as long as they're not looking in the mirror, they're looking somewhere else. So they focus ain't even on what the big problem is, which is mm-hmm. they themselves. They still and, okay. making excuses. Mm-hmm. And and how, can, how can you how can you consider yourself to be wise, and you don't even recognize your own mistake? You know, you know, John, I found that a lot of times we talk about mistakes even in life. You know, you don't want to live a life full of regret. That's not healthy. You don't want to live a life carrying a load of baggage. That's not healthy either. Because what we'll do is we'll drop that off on somebody else or somebody else. we True. carry it too long and it turns into something else when we start carrying it too long. You know, and one of the things it talks about is be gentle with yourself and know that mistakes don't mean you're a bad person. Now, people have done some some hideous things, hideous things to people. You know, they've done some treacherous things to individuals. But don't go around and just constantly keep saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and yet you keep doing the same thing because you don't know what you're sorry for. And that goes back to the when they say hurt people hurt other people, because they will. Broken people can well, break another person. A, a, a good a good prophet and a hell of a good teacher once said, would you rather for somebody to say you that they love you or show you they, that they love you? And then was the words of a prophet. Mm-hmm. Miss Jeanette. I know. I'll say show me here. Show me. <laughs> don't tell me that because you don't even know what love is. I'm like, it's, see, the church, what love got to be? If it's love, express, it even got to be told in reality, if it's expressed correctly, it ain't even got to be told because it'll be acknowledged. That is true. But you know the thing is, John, I found that sometimes individuals will become defensive and fight you on it because they don't know how to accept being loved. They really don't. And when we talk about responsibilities and taking responsibility, when I tell individuals that I didn't know how to let nobody love me until I was in my fifties, and I got a chance to experience. I was like, "Really? This how it's supposed to be? Really? Is it all them years? All the people say, oh, I love you.' Oh, I, you know, I was listening to somebody. It was one of those things that I sent you, and the man said, "You got to be honest. Just say I like being with you. I enjoy it. That that's enough. If that's what it is, we got to stop lying to people." And stop lying to ourselves. We really do. We sometimes use love as a form of manipulation. I tell parents, oh, I love my child. You don't even know that child. You know that you, you know you married that child. You know, but we really got to 
be honest. So, like I said, be gentle with yourself and know that mistakes don't make you a bad person. In fact, it makes it. it in fact, mistakes are lessons that make you a better person going forward. If you learn from them, don't keep repeating the same old thing. Learn from them. And the next thing you talk about, learn how to break some bad habits. In order to learn how to take responsibility, know that avoiding responsibility is as much of a habit as it is a conscious decision. It's a mindset that individuals create to strengthen through repeated execution. This can lead to accidentally pushing away the people you care about. You might accidentally blame something on a loved one because you're so used to pushing away responsibilities that this can really damage the relationship in your life. So it is important to remember that each small shrink of responsibility builds up and can cause problems later on in life. But after breaking the bad habit, begins with identifying and accepting it for what it is. Once you do this, you become more aware, you become more conscious of when you're doing it, and this gives you the power to stop and pull that verbal or mental trigger, meaning you don't have to keep doing this no more. You know, Jamal, bad habits are sometimes hard to break because people get used to it. True. That's what it becomes, I have. Yeah, it keeps them in their comfort zone. It keeps them in their comfort zone. What they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And we know we're taking responsibilities from consequences as well as rewards. And also we're taking responsibilities, put it on paper. It might help sometimes to write things down. Our thoughts, our feelings can get very messy and overwhelming. So it becomes really hard to process what sometimes we don't even realize that we're not taking responsibility for our action because we're not even fully aware of what's going on. Sometimes we could be in a state of depression. We could be dealing with anxiety. We could be dealing with uncomplicated grief. We could be dealing with a lot of stuff. I was dealing with pain. Part of my pain was stopping me from opening up these letters because it freaking hurt. So it's not an excuse. But if somebody called me and said, Jeanette, I wrote you a check for a million dollars, why you didn't cash it? And you even opened it. <laughs> so we got to do better. Another thing it talks about is identify triggers for your denial. Meaning, what situations are you most likely to result you into running from your responsibilities? You know, Jerome, we didn't even touch on when we talk about taking responsibilities how some people run from responsibilities, hide from responsibilities. They don't want to be responsible. That's, that is a big issue that we see a lot of times, especially in young adults. Young adults are not, they don't have the drive that we may have had when we were young adults because many of us was hungry and looking for a better life, another way out. Young adults now, they feel that somebody owes them something. What's your take on that? Well, once again, that's time elevating. Because when the first ancestors raised their kids, 
they raised them with morals and respect, even though they were being disrespected. They still made sure that every family member in that house was taught up under an umbrella to where they respected people. And I mean, but if you look at today, once again, it's resorting back to the Bible. The Bible tell you what times we in. It speak on the times of when the mother is going to be against the father and the son is going to be against the daddy. So, I mean, if we just really pay attention to the times, we we see what the world is mm-hmm. because it's right in our mm-hmm. That's true. Well, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people choose to ignore that and become homeless and sleep on the curve and just forget about life itself. When they really hold the tools to change all this madness, mm-hmm. if we resort back to, if we resort back to teaching these kids right from wrong, because they're not beyond correction. They just need the right person to come in and, and show them the right path to go. You know, I, I come from a line of gangbangers, and the reason I don't hang out in my neighborhood today is because I find myself being a teacher. I try to teach the young kids and the young adults that it's a better life and that you don't have to steal and rob and sell drugs. and well, You can create your own million. You ain't got to shoot and kill because in reality, all this shooting and killing is you killing yourself. Strength come in and numbers. But if we kill our numbers, we ain't going to never be strong. And it starts mentally with how you, how you think. And if you train a person how to think, they know how to think correctly. Ain't, ain't, ain't no way in hell a dummy going to sit in a room with a bunch of brilliant people of high education and not learn nothing from them. Ain't no way. Well, the thing is, they may, it depends. They can sit there and be contemplating things and they may learn to pick up on the wrong stuff. They're going to pick up on certain things. Another thing it talks about is recognize your choices. When we talk about taking responsibility, we got to realize that life is full of choices. And moments when we can take paths, we can take one path or we can take another. Some choices are big. Other choices can be small. But it's important to recognize that you make choices one way or another. You don't make a choice. We're going to choose, like you're talking about gang banging and all kinds of stuff like that. Those were choices. Now, some individuals may have been coerced into certain things or certain lifestyles that become a product of their environment because that was all that was within their community. Some people only dated men that was within their community, and they thought that this is where their husband was supposed to come from because they didn't know how to think outside the box or get out of that, that where they were at. But we do have choices, and accepting choices has already been made, cannot be unmade, goes a long way and become into a term. But you've got to remember the choices that you make. So I know we're out of time. Jordan, I want to thank you for joining Joanne, I see you watching, and give me a call because I'm in town. So I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week, but whatever topic or whatever you feel needs to be shared, learned, explored, I want to tell individuals, please get out there and get ready to vote. A lot of things is happening. God is orchestrating things and putting people in certain positions to do certain things, 
and be obedient. Be obedient. Take responsibilities for your life as well as responsibilities for those that you are responsible for. So, again, I want to thank you for joining me at Precious Predictions Blog Talk Radio. And until the next time, 